Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is June the 5th, and our passage for today is one of my all-time favorites throughout the entire Word of God, Proverbs chapter 3. This chapter has personally meant so much in guiding my life, especially the first dozen verses or so have been like a delight to my heart. There's hardly a week goes by, and sometimes during a week, many times, God will bring to my mind Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, because I'm continually being confronted with things that I cannot answer, life circumstances, people I deal with, that there are no earthly answers for them, and I have to trust in the Lord over and over again. I cannot lean to my own understanding. I'm not smart enough. I'm not godly enough. I'm not close enough. I'm not wise enough. I cannot answer the questions in my own life or in the lives of others. So I have to trust the Word of God. I have to trust what He does. And when I don't have a word, I have to trust His heart. Because will not the God of all the earth do right? This is what the prophet said. And the answer, of course, is rhetorical. Yes, he will. He always will. My son, do not forget my law. Listen to that relationship as a father beseeching his son. Do you have children? Well, let me just tell you, they can bring you more joy on earth and more heartache on earth. You can get angrier at your children quicker than anyone else except perhaps your spouse. They can give you the greatest sense of gratitude and pride in a good sense of gratitude. They can also break your heart. And so God talks with us and Solomon talks with us in his best days as children. And he said, do not forget my teaching, my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. In other words, not just compulsory from the outside. Isn't this so important? that God wants us to do what we do out of an obedient heart. Yes, there are times when we do things completely out of duty, and there is a lot to be said for doing things that are right no matter how we feel. But isn't it wonderful when our children obey us and when people do things for us and it's from their heart, it's not just out of a sense of have to? I mean, if I have to beg my wife and my children to say I love you and show appreciation— then you're always questioning, well, would they have done that if I had not have demanded it? This is just the heart of God. He wants us to obey from the heart. For length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you. You see, there is something to be said of living a life of obedience and a clear conscience and walking with God because it adds health to us. And we'll see that later in this passage. It will give us peace. Peace is way underrated because when you are in shalom, in the state of shalom, that's balance, that's harmony. It's not just absence of conflict. Please understand this. The peace of God is not just the absence of conflict. 
It is harmony. It's balance. And when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, when He is controlling your life, when God is in control of your life and mine, there is great balance. There's harmony. There's a sense of well-being, a sense of tranquility. And that adds life to our years and years to our life. Then he says, let not mercy and truth forsake you. He said, don't forget about chesed. Now, this is not just the normal word for mercy. This is the word chesed. Chesed is a quality that is untranslatable in language. As a matter of fact, in the King James Version of the Bible, it is translated 12 different ways. Why? Because it's like a multifaceted diamond. One word, one concept cannot explain it. So he said, don't let chesed and truth forsake you. That doesn't mean forsake you. That means don't let it leave your heart. Why? Because this is how we grow, by showing love, kindness, generosity, grace, mercy, loyalty, all of these characteristics that are bound up in the word chesed. Don't let those forsake you. Don't become a hard person. And don't get mushy, mushy sentimental either because that's where truth comes in. You see, chesed and truth, mercy and truth walk hand in hand. Love and truth walk hand in hand. Mercy and justice walk hand in hand. These are the great pillars that God builds our lives upon and His very nature and characteristic. He said, bind them around your neck like a mezuzah on the doorpost. It's around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Because you see, again, God wants us to love Him and serve Him from the heart, not because of fear of retribution or punishment. There's always that in our hearts and minds, and that causes us to be disciplined. But there should be a time when you do what you do out of a sense of love and gratitude to God and His blessings. And that's the way that we learn to forgive. And love others. Why? Because God has given us the pattern. Continually ask why, why, why. You've heard me in these podcasts over and over again say why, why, why. It all comes down to purpose. Because you see, if our lives do not have a purpose, if we don't have a why, then we're not going to do things very long. You will stop. You'll play out. You will run your course. But if you're doing what you're doing out of a sense of gratitude and purpose, then as long as you have purpose, you have life. This is why I do not believe it is healthy for anyone to quit to quit living and retire. And I understand retirement in the truest sense of the word, that you are then free to maybe do something that you haven't done all your life, that now you can do the things that you desire and want to do. But you can't just quit because you have to have a reason, a purpose, some concept of living life on purpose. So he said, if you will do all of the things I'm telling you, you will find favor and high esteem, it says in the King James. You probably have another translation that just translates tov, T-O-V, which is the word for good, good in every sense of the word, morally, socially, every other way. You'll find favor and good esteem in the sight of God, first of all, which is the most important, but also of man. Why? Because we live with men. We can't live life as we wish it would be, as we would hope that it would be as it was supposed to be in our mind. We have to live life as it is. 
And then comes verse 5, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Notice the personal name of God, all caps, L-O-R-D, all capitals. Trust in Adonai, trust in Hashem, trust in the Lord Jesus with all of your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. And the word there, lean, is exactly what it means. It means don't prop up. Why? Because God will knock the props out from under us. Anything that we are leaning on and trusting in besides him, God puts a bullseye on whatever it is, and he will deal with that. And sooner or later, he will allow those props to be knocked out from under us so that we don't trust in anyone, in any relationship, in any person, in any portfolio, in any contract, in any kind of relationship that we have, any kind of job that we have, any kind of living that we have. Why? Because we have to trust in God. Because God is the way maker. He's the provider. He's the one that does that. Trust in the Lord with all of your being, your heart. And your heart there is not talking about the blood pumper. The word is used hundreds of times in the Old and New Testament. Only just a handful of times on my two hands, I can count the times that the word heart is used as the blood pumper. It is the innermost being of a man with everything that's within you. Do not lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own smarts. You think you're smart? God can put you in a situation that you can't figure out. Let me say that again. You think you're smart? You think you know more than everybody else around you? Well, give yourself a sugar cookie. Pat yourself on the back. All of that's great. I'm so glad you're smart. I'm glad you got the degrees. I'm glad that you paid the price for all of that. But look, if you think your smarts are going to get you through life, God's going to put a bullseye on that and make sure that you understand that there are men and women on this earth who have forgotten more than you'll ever know. And you're not even in the same universe as the creator. He is the one that we have to trust in. He is our God. And so we don't need to lean on our own perceptions, our own understanding. We have to put those against the template of the Word of God. We have to put those up against the plumb line of the Word of God because your understanding and my understanding, number one, is incomplete, but it is also skewed. You say, well, if I know my heart, you don't. No one knows his heart. No one knows her heart. Our heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's what the Bible says. But he says, in all your ways, in all of your paths, in all of your journey, acknowledge him. And the word acknowledge is the word yurah. It's the word to know. So in all your ways, acknowledge him is in reality, in all your ways, know him. Know what he says about this. Know the principles, the precepts, the patterns of Scripture. Know what God says about every area of life. You say, well, that would take a lot of study. And your point is, of course it will. You see, if you love somebody, you want to get to know them. And the way you love them more is to get to know them in a greater way. And with God, the more you know him, the more that you become intimate with him, That is when he can give you direction in your journey. Your path there is your journey. That's the word, the journey. God will lead you in your journey when you're following him, when you know him, you know how he would act, what he would say. For years, there was this WWJD, what would Jesus do? And then people would say, well, I think he'd do this. No, 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 no. 
that movement was destined for failure to begin with, and there might have been some good out of it. You might have had all kinds of bracelets and necklaces, and that might have gotten you through some rough times. Thank God if it is. But again, your understanding of what Jesus would do and my understanding of what Jesus would do when we think this, or I don't believe Jesus would do, we don't have to wonder about what Jesus would do. It's right there in the scriptures. And whatever Jesus said to do, whatever you think he would do differently, you're wrong. This is very, very important. We have to know God. That's what verse 6 says, in all your ways, know him. Not just acknowledge that there's a God and give intellectual assent that there is a God. And God, what would you have me do? And then go your own way. In all your ways, know him so that he can direct your paths, your journey. This is what that verse means. Now, let me translate for you again. In every way, know him. Know who? The Lord that he was just asking you to trust with all your heart and not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, know him. Know his plan. Know his will. Know his heart. Know his mind. We have the mind of Christ, according to what the Apostle Paul said. And he shall give direction to your journey. You want to know what way to go? Get in the book of God. God will give you direction. He'll teach you by precept, line by line. He will teach you by principle, a series of precepts put together to form a teaching or a way or direction. And many times we know what to do because we've seen the pattern of God in history, in the biblical narrative, and how he dealt with his people. The things that happened before happened for our learning and our admonition. That is, Romans fifteen four was talking about what happened to the Jewish people and how he worked with them in ancient times gives directions not only for the Jews of today, but all of us who are followers of Jesus, whether you be Jew or Gentile. And then he says uh, to back up, as the Proverbs do, what he says in parallelism and all kinds of poetry, he says, basically, trust God with everything that's within you. Know him so well that he can direct your journey. And don't be wise in your own eyes. Give God his rightful place. Now, I'm translating verse 7 for you out of the Hebrew text. Do not be wise. Don't think more of yourself and more highly of yourself and trust in your own intellect. Don't be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord. Give God his rightful place. And what that means is when you do that, you will walk away from evil. The word depart from evil means go to the side, turn away from it. Don't keep walking toward it. And it doesn't mean turn around, walk the other way. This particular word means to turn aside. It means get away from it. Flee evil. This is what Paul told Timothy. Flee useful lust. Don't try to think that you can deal with it. You can't do that. No, it'll eat you up. That's like getting into a lion's cage with several lions in there, shutting, locking the door behind you, and then start screaming for help and wondering why you're getting mauled by the lions. Turn aside from it. Get away from it. You can't handle it. You're not strong enough. Those are famous last words and thoughts. And he says, if you will do this, it will be Rapha is the base word here for health, healing. It will be healing to your body. It will be healing to your bones. It will bring strength and stamina to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions, with your revenue, with your going and coming. With everything, the first fruits is the word here that's the base Rosh, like Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year, like Rosh, R-O-S-H, Rosh, the chief or the father, the head, 
when you honor the Lord with your possessions, what does that mean? That means with the head of everything, with the first fruits of everything, with the best of everything, everything that you profit then you need to honor God, set aside what he says to set aside for that. What will be the result of that? Well, your barns, your storehouse, the word is translated barn, but it's the word storehouse, your storehouse, your wealth, and your storehouse will be filled. You will have plenty. (laughs) It's interesting. The word plenty is the word saba. If you go to Israel very much, you'll hear the word. Somebody will say, well, uh, how is it a sababa? Sababa. That means, man, everything is smooth as silk. Everything is just rolling on. There's no rocks in the road, no potholes, anything. I mean, Sababa. I'm satisfied. I'm satiated. I'm full. That's the word here. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones when you depart from evil. And then when you honor the Lord with your revenue, with your increase, with the very head of everything, the beginning of everything, give him the best. Then your barns are going to be filled with plenty and your vats are going to overflow with new wine. In other words, everything is going to be sababa. For On The Way, this is Tony Chris. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.